0: 217 351 5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. And good
1: morning, everybody. Welcome, Penny for Your Thoughts, on a Wednesday here as we start to wrap up the month of June. June 27 is the uh, date today in the year 2018. Glad to have you with us on Penny for Your Thoughts on New Stock 1400 DWS. We have a busy, busy show for you today. We're going to cover a lot of topics. We'll take your phone calls, emails, and texts today. Ruling just in from the Supreme Court it says Supreme Court rules against big labor in dispute over union fees. That is an Illinois case, and uh, we'll get uh, the details on that here, as that just came down from the uh, Supreme Court uh, just minutes ago. So that's some big uh, breaking news as we speak. We'll hear more on that from CBS uh, at the top of the hour, and our newsroom will have stories on it here at the bottom of the hour. Governor Bruce Rauner kind of stepped in a little bit, uh, an interview up in Chicago on WGN Radio, talking about uh, Champaign-Urbana. And uh, he has since then apologized to Champaign-Urbana officials. They all happen to be in the same area, not in Champaign-Urbana, but in Washington, D.C. So we'll get uh, your reaction to any or all of that as we work our way through the uh, morning this morning. I know the uh, two mayors... Uh, Apparently met with the governor last night, it appears, Uh, both uh, Deb Finan and Diane Marlin. We're going to hear from one or maybe both of those uh, mayors today along the way. We'll see if we can get them both and uh, get reaction to what the governor said and then what he said in his apology. So that's a big story uh, here locally. Also, uh, from a national standpoint, uh, the talk continues over immigration. A lot of immigration news today again. A lot of reaction to the Supreme Court ruling yesterday on the travel ban. Based on which camp you're in, uh, you either like that ruling or you didn't, and uh, depending on what newspaper you're with, whether you're with the New York Times or the Washington Times, uh, both uh, weighed in yesterday in editorials. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Three five six nine three nine seven is the phone number. The text line. Three five one five three five seven. You can email us talk at wdws dot com. Also, a big night tonight for us here on the radio. We'll have the Little League third place and championship games out at Zon Park. They've been doing that now for twenty years at Zon Park. They've had a Little League championship game since I think nineteen fifty two. They've been playing uh, Little League baseball at uh, CU kiwanis since nineteen forty nine. So they're approaching seventy years. And uh, they're inviting any or all of you that uh, played Little League Baseball in uh, the Champaign-Urbana Kiwanis League over the years, dating back to then to come out to the games tonight. I think Meyer Capel's cooking some hot dogs and doing some different things. So they're celebrating uh, all of those who have played in the league but also approaching 70 years and now 20 years at Zon Park, and we've been broadcasting those. We'll have our broadcast tonight uh, here on the radio starting at 6 o'clock this evening. So you can listen for that third-place game, and the championship game. And then we'll talk a little bit, since the crops are up and running and they're doing quite well with all the moisture we've had, uh, the Japanese beetles have moved in. We'll talk with Kelly Estes from Crop Sciences for a few minutes about uh, that and other pests to watch out for in the farms. Uh, She's a farm pest expert. I suppose those uh, blend into gardens at some point, right? But we'll talk with her for a few minutes today. We'll get your reaction to any or all of the national news if you're a former Little Leaguer, if you've got some interest in the uh, the pests in your uh, crops, uh, all of that we'll cover today. And if you want to bring something else up, you can do that too. So we'll work our way through the morning, have uh, a little bit of this and a little bit of that here on a Wednesday. Tomorrow in the 10 o'clock hour, Greg Abbott is going to join us. He's been the director of Metcad. He is retiring uh, in a couple of days. So we'll get, visit with him on his next to last day uh, in that job. And also, I've been failed to mention, and I realized uh, yesterday, I'm like, hey, it's the end of the month. We got Flashback Friday, 10 o'clock on Friday. We'll tell you about that when we get closer to it as well. So a busy, busy day ahead on this Wednesday. We'll get it all cranked up and started after this on uh, Penny for your thoughts. First this time out, back on Penny for your thoughts, and uh, this the place. Uh, this time of the year, at the end of June, for the Supreme Court, you have uh, breaking news every day. And uh, they always save the bigger cases for the end. The Supreme Court uh, this morning says government workers cannot be forced to contribute to labor unions that represent them in collective bargaining, dealing a serious financial blow to organized labor. The justices are scrapping a 41-year-old decision that had allowed states to require that public employees pay some fees to unions that represent them, even if the workers choose not to join. The decision was five to four. It fulfills a longtime wish of conservatives to get rid of the so called fair share fees that non members pay to unions in roughly two dozen states. And this was the I think Janice versus ASME case in the state of Illinois. So if you have some reaction to any of that, that news just in from the Supreme Court minutes ago. 217 356 is how you can join us on the phone lines. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling Text Line, 3515357. Woods Basement Systems, a big sponsor for us. You've heard about them since 1986. They've been helping solve some big problems. Cracks in your foundation are a serious, serious problem, and they do not go away. So uh, they only get worse if you ignore them, and they keep stealing value From your home. I mean, you can't, what are you going to do? Sell your home with a crack in the basement? You can't do that. So uh, you need to get an estimate. Get a free estimate. Call Woods Basement Systems, 888-935-4333. Or go to woodsbasementsystems.com. 888-935-4333 is the number to call. And uh, they've won several awards. Most proud, though, of the Better Business Bureau. Anytime they're involved, you know it's a good thing. Better Business Bureau Torch Awards. They've won Several of those. So Woods Basement Systems since nineteen eighty six eight 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 nine three five forty three thirty three, or go to woodsbasementsystems.com. dot com. Let's go to the phones to uh, Jim. Good morning, Jim. Hey,
2: good morning, Brian. Hey, I've got a couple thoughts. I just wanted to just wanted to share. All right. Uh, first, with our border, you know, the all these uh, immigrants from oh, they're from south, you know, from southern America. They're coming up through Mexico. Mexico just puts them on the bus. Send them to their northern border well i I don't know why we can't do the same. Canadians are notoriously polite now it turns out they're all stoned as well and Trudeau's enlightened, so we could probably get you know pull that one off i I don't think that would be too hard so
1: you know, s- so you're saying s- send yeah. them further north,
2: just like they yeah just feel like Mexico yeah. it works for them. second thought was all these Democrat-owned businesses that don't want people shopping there if they're conservatives or eating in their restaurants, well, they could avoid a lot of confusion if they just put signs in there windows those things, too. They'll serve, you know, like they did in the 50s. That would be easier.
1: Yeah, well, John Cass talks about that today, uh, about Maxine Waters and her egging people on to get after yeah. Trump officials, and uh, that's just a bad idea.
2: Well, you know, you know in the 50s, In the fifties, the Democrats didn't—they—they wouldn't serve, you know—they wouldn't serve a large segment of society, and they just had signs posted in the windows saying so. so It would avoid a lot of confusion if they did that again. I think.
1: All right, hey Jim, thanks. Hey, all right, take care. Appreciate it. Yeah, uh, John Cass in his column—I think it's the Tribune. Yes, he says. He writes, he says, the left loves to publicly shame those who challenge them. The left's attacks on conservative speakers at college campuses was a precursor to what's happening now. Uh, it says, Americans don't mind debate. What they do mind is picturing themselves ordering a chicken dinner and being told to leave because of their politics. as happened to uh, Sanders or shouted at in a restaurant, an outsider home, as is happening to Kirsten Nielsen, the Secretary of Homeland Security or being yelled at and allegedly spat on as the Florida Attorney General Pam Bondi was at a theater where she hoped to watch the documentary on the gentle Mr. Rogers. So anyway, that uh, is a column today by John Cass in the Chicago Tribune talking about some of what uh, our first caller was referring to. Again, the Supreme Court just ruled moments ago the uh, government workers, these are government workers now, can't be forced to contribute to labor unions that represent them in collective bargaining. It was a 5 4 decision just moments ago. Let's go to Alan. Good morning, Alan. How are you?
3: Pretty good, Brian. I'm uh, a little surprised that you didn't
4: mention our new recruit.
1: Yeah, well, I was about to get to that. That was in my next folder.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: well, <laughs> you're talking about Anthony Higgs? Yes. Yes. What do you think?
3: Well, it's about time <clears throat> to ask well. somebody that size whether he can play enough. We'll have to find out. But, uh,.
1: Yeah, he's... we uh, been
3: hurting for that kind of uh, player in a long time.
1: I know uh, that a lot of the folks who cover this say he's uh, not a big man, but he is 6'8". He's a college four who can stretch the floor, is what they say. Well,
5: he's supposed to have a 7-foot wingspan. That ought to help.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, if it's, and all, if, can, if it's all positionalist basketball, then why not, right?
2: Well, yeah. Uh, we <laughs> need some size and strength, and it looks like he has that.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. And we just need some players.
2: Well, that's another thing. Can he play? We
1: yeah. don't know that. Yeah. Nope. I, we'll find I, out. I did see that. And uh, I guess all the freshmen, you know, Desumouf got in here from uh, Canada in the under-18 game. So he's here now. So that's good.
4: Yeah. Well, this kid's not going to be here
2: for a while yet. The way it time he's got finished finish classes and all that. Oh, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's uh, so. good, good to have somebody else.
2: It's going to be hard to uh,
4: get everybody playing together. It's going to take, take a long time, I yeah.
1: think. Uh, maybe a whole year. Well, we'll see. Uh, and the schedule's not very easy.
5: Yeah, I know. That, that's another fly in the ointment. Schedule's not real good.
1: Yeah, from what, what I... The
2: football schedule, I think it's pretty easy.
1: What? Uh, the, foot, the football compared to the basketball? Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's... So. Uh, South Florida's a big test in Chicago, but we'll see if they're as good as they were last year.
2: Oh, well, it won't be as good, but yeah. will we be better? That's yeah, the question.
1: That's the question. And who's playing quarterback and how well?
5: Yeah. Okay, hey,
3: looking forward thanks, I'm to it. Thanks, Alan. Yeah, All right.
1: well I, I am too. I'm I'm uh I'm looking forward to it. It's been a long time since the basketball season ended so early.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're right.
1: So Thanks, Dad, Alan. You ought be
2: ready to go. You uh, took a vacation. You got another one
1: coming? Uh I'll take a few days here and there, but Nothing extended.
5: Okay. Good luck.
1: Thanks, Alan. Yep. Yep, I took a little time off right after the uh, basketball season ended. Of course, it ended on February 28th. So that's March, April, May. This is into June. That's, what, four months already. So I'm looking forward to uh, getting back at it. But we still got another month to go. Big Ten Media Day is kind of, for me, is kind of the official kickoff of things. Related to football or Illinois athletics. We'll be broadcasting up there, by the way, in about a month. I think it's the 24th of July, Tuesday, July 24th, from the Big Ten Media Day there in Chicago. 3569397, some of the reaction to the travel ban talk yesterday. Depends on who you talk to again, as is usually the case. But uh, went to real clear politics, just pulled up the kind of the headlines. Supreme Court ruling is a smackdown to activist judges, says the New York Post. The L.A. Times writer says biased, hypocritical decision on travel ban. And there's a couple of editorials I'll get to. The uh, New York Times says bigoted and feckless the travel ban is pure Trump. That was from the New York Times. So they're obviously not pleased with the ruling. And another opinion, Washington Examiner says Supreme Court teaches the resistance how the government works. So there's some of the reaction to the travel ban from yesterday. Back to the phones here at 921. Hi, Mark.
6: Good morning. How are you today? Good. I am calling. um, On Friday, there's going to be a um, retirement at Metcad. Greg Abbott is going to be leaving uh, Metcad and uh, he has truly been one of the pioneers in uh nine eleven or nine one one uh call centers. He started Medcat as a uh, dispatcher in nineteen eighty and has shepherded through the years to being one of the more uh premier uh call centers in the United States. If you read, you know, problems uh in other agencies where um Police officers can't talk to each other even though they're sitting side by side because they're from different jurisdictions. Um, Metcad doesn't have that problem where everybody from state police to the uh, uh, Conservation Department to every agency in the county can all talk on one frequency at once. And and Greg was one of those people that helped shepherd that. So it's going to be a huge loss for the community uh, and the county, I should say. Uh, when Greg retires on friday
1: absolutely yeah we're having him on tomorrow so oh, you really yeah
6: well i will call tomorrow and say as well the things i just said now
1: yep you can certainly you can certainly do that it'll be in the 10 o'clock hour so that's when he'll be on very good thank you very much hey thanks mark have a great day three five six nine three nine seven we're at nine twenty three seventy degrees here in downtown champaign what we had a tornado last night is that what i heard Champaign County, kind of in the Gifford area. I don't know if you saw any of that. We were out at the uh, Kiwanis Challenger League, our final regular season night, out at Ambucks Park. And, man, the sky was really, really dark. And uh, we got out of there just ahead of the rain. But, uh, boy, just looking around at the sky last night, I wasn't surprised there was something. But apparently uh, there's some video out there on Facebook of a tornado in the in the Gifford area. And, of course, you all remember what happened just a handful of years ago. 9.23 here at DWS. We're taking open line uh, calls here this morning. Supreme Court with a big ruling just moments ago. 5-4 vote. Says government workers can't be forced to contribute to labor unions that represent them in collective bargaining. And, of course, we've got the governor who said uh, some things about Champaign-Urbana that uh, got quite a reaction. He's apologized face-to-face with Champaign-Urbana officials. This is out in D.C. They were all out there together, apparently. About disparaging remarks he made about the community on the radio up in Chicago, saying, among other things, there was no convenient transportation and not much of a workforce in Champaign-Urbana. Those comments prompted criticism from both sides of the political aisle, from local leaders and businesses. As it turned out, the governor and local leaders were both in Washington, D.C., yesterday. Champaign Mayor Deb Finan says the governor meant to say it's a challenge for small and mid-sized communities to attract and keep workers. Finan says Rounder regretted using Champaign-Urbana as an example. Back to the phones to Don. Good morning, Don. Hey, good morning. Uh,
5: party of tolerance, huh? Say it again. Party of tolerance?
1: Party Party of tolerance, okay.
5: <laughs> kind of.
1: Is saying they're the de- de- the Democrats are not that is what you're saying.
5: <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. that's what they're saying yeah. loudly. They do not tolerate anybody. Uh, now, so we can refuse service to people who work at the abortion factory, right?
1: Can refuse and, uh, uh, like food, like they kick them out of the restaurant.
5: Yeah, because no. we don't believe in abortion, right? No. We can we can do that now, right? I mean, all of a sudden the Democrats. Believe in uh, who you can serve now, <laughs> uh, and you know because at Starbucks, I think at Starbucks you can take a course and you won't be racist anymore.
1: They uh, uh, they did do some of that, yeah. They shut down for an afternoon <laughs> and did that, yeah. <laughs>
5: yeah, I bet, I bet it made a big difference. I bet it made one. I bet it made a half a person not racist anymore. Uh, so I notice you always go through the Trump stuff every day. Every day, it's Trump's doing this. Trump's doing this. Can you inform us every day on the uh, investigations into the Democrats, as well as you do the Republicans?
1: Uh, well, there's. Uh, tell me what you give me a story. What do you, What do you want to talk about? Well,
5: the IG. I mean, come on, you guys. Yeah. It's been undercover ever since the, you know, not separate or separating children. You know they they also ruled that they they won't reunite children now because the law says they have 20 days, yeah. and after 20 days he's going to send them back. He's not going to be one, And just one issue on that, and I appreciate the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of parent leaves their kid in another country? Would you go through hell or high water to get your kid, or would you leave it?
1: <laughs> well, you'd want to be with your kids. That's the whole, that's the would whole point. Would you
5: leave your kid and go to another country? Would I enter, another,
1: would, would I enter a country illegally? And leave my children alone. No, Uh, but if I'm but if I'm staring down the barrel of a gun from a drug lord in somewhere and I'm scared, um, you know your emotions might be different. But
5: how many people that happened to?
1: Well, I don't know. That's Uh, what the now if
5: uh, the same sense if you took your kid and tried to travel across the desert in South Dakota with no water for three days, you would be in jail, buddy.
1: Is there desert in South Dakota? Yeah, well, there's bad
5: enough. <laughs> okay, all right, Don. Hey, I got to move. There. There's bad enough. Yeah.
1: Thank you, sir. You
5: would be in jail though. You would be in jail for child.
1: Yeah. Okay. Thanks. They do have the what they call the Badlands, I guess. Right. Uh, Peter. Hey, Peter. How are you?
3: Hey, I'm great. This morning, I'm thankful to be alive. I'm a lot of stuff going on. I just wanted to say happy birthday to my mother. She's a hundred today.
1: Is that right? Yep. You want to give her name? Frances Francis, Schneider. Francis Schneider.
3: Yeah, 11 kids and 100 years old. And she was a, and still is an exceptional woman mother, and I am privileged to be called her son.
1: Wow. Well, the story she could tell, I would think.
3: Oh, and she's pretty articulate. <laughs> she remembers things from World War II and things that happened. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Unbelievable.
1: Well, it's great that, you know, her mind is sharp and, uh, you know, there's a lot of us at age 50 that are having trouble with that.
3: Listen, I got my own difficulties remembering things, so it's good to see her able to... I was kind of hoping that President Trump would show up, but I don't think he will. Anyway, (laughs) it's good enough. Her kids are all around, and we're going to have a celebration Sunday at Holy Cross Church.
1: Very good. 100 years old. Well, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations to her.
3: Yeah, for sure. All right, thanks, Brian. I love your program. You do a great job. Keep up the good work.
1: Thank you, Peter.
3: Yes, sir. God bless you, my you, friend. You
1: too. Have a great day. Thank you. Yep. Penny, for your thoughts here on News Talk fourteen hundred DWS. Going to talk a little Little League here coming up in a little bit. Championship game tonight. If you played in Kiwanis Little League, if I mean they've been around since what forty nine. I mean George Will played in the league, right? The the famous commentator, and he was in the league. I think he played on Mittendorf Funeral Home team is what uh, Dave Shawl told me one time. Uh, Michael, how are you? Good morning, Brian. What's up with you today? Uh,
5: I was just uh, hearing that the Janice case was decided by the Supreme Court, and I noted that our governor stayed out there an extra day so he could be there on the dispute that he started with the Aspen folks.
1: Yeah, so what do you think of all that?
5: Well, I think it's just uh, another indication of Ronner not uh, taking care of the people of Illinois, just as he demeaned Champaign County and the University of Illinois this week.
1: So you think that's a, a bad idea, what they, um, so the yeah, the, the public workers should should have to pay idea. the due.
5: Yeah. Excuse me, the, uh, if the union did take on more members because of what has happened, but I believe that, uh, you know, he looked to do this to divide the people of the state of Illinois. Hmm.
1: Well, uh, yeah, he's out there. That's that's for sure, and that's when he where he apologized to the um, leaders of Champagne and Urbana. So, but um, that's what, yeah, that's a, it's a big. Uh, the Supreme Court always releases the really big ones towards the end of the month. So, they, yeah, um, it's true. This was a big one.
5: But this is one thing for people to remember that Jan- uh, the, the Janice person was not the one that started this, governor Ronner was, hmm. but they they found the court found that he didn't have standing in the uh lawsuit, so they come up with the Janish person to take over the lead on it
1: yeah i remember I remember reading about that you're right, yeah, there was something yeah. to do with standing that was uh, challenged, so
5: okay, all right thank hey, you Brian thank you Michael appreciate it
1: quick uh break here, Ed. Nope. you want to go right to Michael? Let's do Michael with the news here. Uh, he's got more on the Supreme Court ruling. We'll talk a little Little League. We'll talk some Japanese Beatles with an expert on that since we're in the crops are up and uh, going good. And then we'll also uh, just continue to get your reaction to the Supreme Court, to the immigration stories that are out there, to the governor, all of this. Uh, but now Michael with the news. Back on penny for your thoughts. New stock fourteen hundred DWS. As you heard, the Supreme Court, with the uh, ruling five four, against organized labor. It says government workers cannot be forced to contribute to labor unions that represent them in collective bargaining. All of that coming down five four a little bit ago. We've talked immigration. We've talked reaction to it uh, today in history. Just a couple of notes. Uh, actress Julia Duffy. Remember her from uh, New Heart, the second New Heart edition, and Designing Women is 67. Uh, President Harry Truman on this day, 1950, ordered the U.S. Air Force and Navy into the Korean conflict. On this day, June 27, 1950, and a lot of folks around I know were involved in that particular uh, war and battle or police action, whatever you want to call it. It was a war. Um, Also, this is the day in 1980 President Jimmy Carter signed legislation reviving draft registration. I mentioned uh, one birthday. The other birthday today is Ross Perot. Remember this from uh, 1992 in the debate, three-way debate.
7: I think the principal issue that, uh, that separates me is that 5.5 million people came together on their own and put me on the ballot. I was not put on the ballot by either of the two parties. I was not put on the ballot by any PAC money, by any foreign lobbyist money, by any special interest money. This is a movement that came from the people. This is the way the framers of the Constitution intended our government to be, a government that comes from the people. Over time, we have developed a government that comes at the people, that comes from the top down, where the people are more or less treated as objects to be programmed during the campaign with commercials and media events and fear messages and personal attacks and things of that nature. The thing that separates my candidacy and makes it unique is that this came from millions of people in 50 states all over this country who wanted a candidate that worked and belonged to nobody but them. I go into this race as their servant, and I belong to them. So this comes from the people. Ross
1: Perot running as the Reform Party candidate back in 1992 against Bill Clinton and George H.W. Bush. And if you study politics, and I do a lot, uh, I think this was kind of a foreshadowing of, the movement to kind of that third way, that that outsider, you know, running against the establishment candidates. Back in 92, it's kind of a hint, I think, of things to come. And uh, obviously Perot didn't make it, but he certainly got a lot of votes. All right, Corey Swanson's a hands-on owner, meaning he works on almost every job with the crew. The Roofing Dog, truly a family-owned business, 100% owned and operated by Corey Swanson and his wife, Melissa. The Roofing Dog Crew, comprised of roofing professionals, certified in roof installation. Here's the big thing. They'll help you with small repairs and help save your roof. Even if Swanson Roofing did not do your roof originally, they're happy to come out and fix any problems. Swanson Roofing, the roofing dog, serves uh, Champagne, Vermilion, Ford, and McLean counties. Give them a call. Get a free estimate. 217-355-ROOF, 355-7663, if you prefer the numbers, or visit the Roofing Dog dot com they're locally owned and operated cory's a graduate of rantoul high school and the university of illinois and again the full-time uh, benefits for the workers and so everybody's on the same team there and they do a great job for you swanson roofing the roofing dog contact them for your roofing needs whether it's a big repair i mean replacing the whole roof or just uh, repairs on your roof all right we'll come back with more we've got more conversation to go here we'll talk a little bit about the 20th anniversary of uh, Kiwanis Championship Games at Zon Park. We've got those broadcast tonight. Third place game and championship game. We'll visit with a couple of Kawanians about that and Little League officials after this timeout. Any for your thoughts, News Talk 1400, DWS. We roll along here on a Wednesday, 27th day of June, Three five six nine three nine seven. 9397 Text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515357. And you can email us, talk at w. DWS.com. Tonight here on DWS on the radio at 6 o'clock, campus sportswear and Coons play for third place. You've got plumbers and Pipe Fitters against Illinois American Water at 8, or about 20 minutes or so, 25 minutes after the first game is done. We'll have them on the radio tonight. Uh, The Kiwanis Champaign-Urbana Little League celebrating 20 years under the lights at Zahn Park. And, of course, the uh, Little League has been around uh, with the Kiwanis since 1949 We've got uh, George Wilhite with us from the uh, Kiwanians, and we've got Dave Dupree with us as well. This is a big night tonight, uh, Dave. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, Glad tw- to be twenty here. years under the lights.
8: Well, not for me, but uh. yeah. <laughs> but it's a big step for yeah, uh, for absolutely. Zon Park and yeah, the you kid, know the kids always look forward to playing under the lights. They all love that.
1: Now, years ago, George, you know, uh, Kiwanis donated uh, what the land, the money for the the land? How did that work? The
8: Zahn family
9: initially donated five acres to the park district for a new park, and the park district acquired other land. But it came time to put in ball fields, baseball, soccer fields. And Bob Tolson, longtime director for the the park district, was a member of Kiwanis. And I suspect there was some table talk because in 1996, 97, some Kiwanis decided they wanted to raise money to put in lights out there. Champagne or did not have a lighted little league field. It's still the only lighted Little League field in town. Mm-hmm. And eventually, in 1998, they turned over a check for $56,000 to pay for having lights out there. And this will be the 20th championship game played under the lights at Zahn Park.
1: And it'll be on the radio. And I think uh, our radio station's been out there for 20 years, I think, doing all those games. I suspect they have. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. George Wilhite is with the Kiwanians, of course. They do great work in our community with young people. Dave Dupree is here as well. Uh, So the big games are tonight at 6 and 8. Now, uh, George Kiwanis has been part of the Little League since, what, 1949?
9: 1949. 1949. And one of the teams playing tonight, Coons, has been the only sponsor every year since 1949, which is quite a record. Uh, Tonight also we're going to have some special events going on out there. Since it is 20 years under the lights, Meyer Capel, a law firm for several years now, has had a grill out there on the championship night. They'll be out there tonight with... Free hot dogs and chips and some water. Free food. Free food. <laughs> Kiwanis <laughs> is going to have some free peanuts, of course, for baseball, and also some gummy bears. Uh, we have some special stickers for the folks who are out there celebrating 20 years under the lights. Mm-hmm. We'll have some free caps to pass out to people. We just want everybody to come out and have a good time. It should be nice weather.
1: I think I saw the numbers. Uh, since 1949, 25,000 youngsters have participated in That's our Columbus. best
9: estimate for the... For the uh, peanut league the farm league the suited teams it's about 25,000
1: mm-hmm. over time 700 this year i know in the early 70s and there's a lot of different areas ways to play baseball now yep. there's travel teams there's all sorts of things but uh, i think in the early 70s 1600 uh, at the peak of it but the twin city tournament started back in 52
9: 52 prior to that from 49 to 52 another Kwanian, jay cox said as he recalls when he was playing back then that top. Teams in each league had a little mini tournament, but in '52 they started a tournament for all the teams. Everybody has a shot to win the title. When my son played back in the late '70s, there were 51 teams playing in that tournament. Mm-hmm. The first year he played.
1: Yeah. Now, did you uh, invite all the people that have played over the years to we come would, out tonight? We would like to
9: see as many former Zon Light Little League players show up as possible. We wanted to come out and cheer for the guys who are there now. Uh, we want to keep in touch with them. See if they can help us out in the future and so forth. We we just want it to be a grand time for Little League tonight.
1: Yeah. So the first game's at six, the uh, second games at eight. I guess we've checked the weather, Dave. Or is that uh oh, are yeah. you in charge of that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not quite, but uh sure, I'll take credit for yeah, it. So but. what's your involvement here with uh,
8: the Little League? I'm one of the league presidents. There's mm-hmm. four local leagues here in town. Um with the Champaign East League mm-hmm. and I'm also the assistant coach with Campus Sportswear. Oh, okay. So Amateur groundskeeper. So you're uh, playing for third place tonight. Yeah, we're playing for third place. Tough game on Monday, but uh, we hope to bounce back. And, of course, uh, Coons is also in our league, so we've seen them twice already this year, and all the boys will be quite familiar with each other.
1: Still, a lot of interest in baseball in our community?
8: Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. This is a very strong baseball town. Um, But like you said, over the years, there's been uh, different avenues for boys to go play, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think some of that's based on their competitive level. Um, some of it 's based on um uh ability uh mm-hmm. and also uh whether or not they can afford to travel um, so little league is still there it 's still the the probably the base uh the rock solid uh foundation for most mm-hmm. kids
9: but thirty years ago or so there weren 't as many options for right. for youth there wasn 't mm-hmm. summer basketball league soccer league swimming golf tennis uh and on a, any given day at the local park you 'd see Ten or twelve boys down there, or maybe a girl or two as well, play playing baseball just without any adults around.
1: George will hide with us for a couple more minutes, along with Dave Dupree. Again, the uh, third place game tonight: Campus Sportswear against Coons at six, eight o'clock. You got uh, plumbers and pipefitters are kind of a Cinderella story in the tournament, and uh, Illinois American Water, who's the uh, favorite, I think uh, tonight in that. So, George, why is this imp- why has this been so important for Kiwanis? to be involved all the, since the beginning.
9: Kiwanis is always involved with, with youth projects. That's this, the whole purpose of Kiwanis, to help. Motto is to make it a, a better better world one kid at a time. Mm-hmm. And whatever we can do, somebody points out a need to us where we had several projects we started because people came to us and said, hey, this need is not being met. We delivered a check the other day. There's a group in Urbana that deals with young mothers, uh, teenage mothers who have kids at home and they need help on learning how to take care of the kids. We gave them some checks for books and some checks for some equipment so when they go out and do home visits, there'll be things to occupy the kids and they can work with these mothers to make the work. We we deal with kids from preschool to high school. We have scholarships for the high school seniors going out. So all ages of kids, Kiwanis likes to be involved Mm -hmm. with them.
1: Children of the World is the uh, focus. Of course, the Tom Jones Challenger League through Kiwanis as well, just wrapped up the regular season. But uh, George Will, I mentioned, was a famous Little League alum, right? George
9: Will played for Mittendorf at Eisner Park. Okay. Uh I don't know how good a player he was, but every summer he has a a wonderful baseball questionnaire column when I usually know maybe two answers out of the 20 questions. He has <laughs> he has he has a, a ghostwriter, yeah. I think.
1: Yeah, any other famous <laughs> I know Dave Shaw played in the league, uh, well, the late, our friend and
9: Dave uh, there's there's a bunch well, that Matt, have. Matt Hurges came out and went to the major leagues. He was a relief pitcher for the Colorado Rockies when mm-hmm. they won, won the uh, were in the World Series that mm-hmm. one year. We've been asking around to see if we can find any other l- major leaguers who came out of Champagne or band a little league, and nobody has found a name for us yet. Uh, there's some guys who have come close. Dick Hyde pitched in Triple A, uh, mm-hmm. and I don't I really like to find somebody else who went and made the major leagues. If anybody yeah. knows, give us a call. All
1: right. Well, we'll let you guys go and get ready for tonight, right. and uh, we'll have it on the radio as well. But if anybody has played the last 20 years, those kids, I guess, would be about. I don't know. They were. S- Eight to ten. Then they're uh, you know thirty now, 30, right? Thirty now. Yeah. Looking so forward to meeting. Come you. on back. Free food from Meyer Capel, All that. So we'll we'll crank it up then. Thanks. Be great. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, Dave Dupree, George Wilhite, uh, join us tonight on the radio. or Go out to Zon Park, of course, and check it out. Back with more. Penny for your thoughts in a moment. Penny for your thoughts. New stock fourteen hundred. CWS, glad you're with us on Penny for Your Thoughts today. Back to the open line segments here, 356-9397. 953, seven minutes before the top of the hour, you'll hear from CBS the ruling from the Supreme Court. And speaking of the Supreme Court, we found Tom Bruno out there. Tom.
4: Hello, how are you? How are you? I'm fine. I'm standing here with Mayor Deb Finan, and we uh, – and. Bruce Roer is twenty feet away. just finished his remarks to uh the media. We're on the front steps of the u s supreme court uh where we uh Deb and I are both uh admitted to practice before the United States Supreme Court so we were sitting in the front row uh as the justices announced their decisions this morning
1: yeah so what it's what pretty, it, it, what what do you think of all that
4: well it's um it's like a being at the baseball all-star game if you're a baseball fan i mean uh, there's nothing much like that for lawyers than to be sitting in the front row of the supreme court uh, as the justices uh, read and announced their decisions Uh, but we're also uh, having uh, we had a meeting yesterday at our hotel with governor bruce rauner who um, came to do some damage control following his unfortunate remarks on the Chicago radio station last week, uh, and uh, he was very gracious. And we let him know that uh, we were none of us were very pleased with his remarks. And he um, he ap- apologized and was uh, very gracious and listened to our concerns.
1: Mm. So, did you reach out to him, or did he reach out to you guys?
4: Uh, I, with the help of uh, some people back in Champaign County. Uh, they reached out to his staff. Uh, I think uh, some, I don't you know, Garrett uh, with the uh, Champaign County Chamber of Commerce, and I think there were some other people that are in the Republican Party back in Champaign County who contacted the governor's office and put him on notice that a delegation of us happened to be here in Washington, D.C., and uh, had some concerns and wanted to speak with him.
1: Yeah, it was kind of and a strange he, it was kind of a strange statement, Tom, because it's like, I mean, we're doing pretty well here. I mean, as far as lowest unemployment oh yeah, in the was, state, I mean, it was, it's it's
4: uh, there's no uh no disputing that his statement was not accurate on the facts. So that's really troubling because our community is uh, is really uh, got excellent transportation, a great workforce, and his statement was just factually wrong so there was it was hard to explain uh how how he could have said something like that
1: champagne Uh, city uh, councilman tom bruno with us go ahead tom uh,
4: to his credit he came he sat down in the coffee shop of the hyatt place hotel with 25 of us and spent a half an hour listening to us uh, uh you know unanimously tell him that we um were concerned about his remarks and that they were offensive to our community. And he owned up to it and said, uh, he realized that what he said wasn't right.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Big and business. I think, he, I think
4: we're trying to arrange for him to make up to, uh, the city of Champaign, uh, in the next, uh, three or four days to, uh, hmm. come see us on the ground.
1: Yeah. Now well, big, big doings in the coffee shop there in DC. That's, uh, <laughs> that's impressive. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> and now we just, uh, You know, as as I said, Deb and I are admitted to practice for the Supreme Court. So we sit in the courtroom, what's called ahead of the bar. We were literally eight feet away from the justices, uh, two feet away from a row of clerks that were sitting right in front of us. We were in the front row. And then um, uh, in the front row of the gallery, uh, 40 feet behind us was Governor Bruce Rauner listening to the decision in the Janus case.
2: Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Got a couple of minutes here, Tom. What, what does it mean? What, is, what does the ruling mean? What what happens now?
4: Well, um, what is pretty unusual is that they explicitly overturned precedent in a case called Abood. Uh, and uh, Abood said that municipal unions, unions of government workers, could charge these fair share fees to people who, uh, who were employed in the trade that the union was representing. But didn't support the union's political views, that they could still charge these fair share fees. The Janus case now stands for the proposition that that is unconstitutional and it explicitly overturns uh, a 40-year-old legal precedent, and it's very rare for the Supreme Court to uh, explicitly overturn clear precedent and say that that's what they're doing. Yeah. So and that's uh, legal significance. That's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, and that's that, that would be a loss for big labor, right?
4: Oh, it's a loss for uh, for government workers, labor unions, clearly. Mm-hmm. And um, it's re- you know these fair share dues are written into our contracts, all of our contracts, and they are all now uh, up for uh, rediscussion.
1: Hmm. All right, hey Tom, uh, quite a day out there, quite a night last night, quite a day today. Had you been at the Supreme Court before then, or was this your?
4: I. I have been Supreme at the Supreme mm-hmm. Court before and so has Deb, uh, but uh, we're both political and legal junkies and so being here this morning, and in fact right now Bruce Roner is talking to the media about 30 feet away from us, but uh, being here this morning is a great experience.
1: Yeah. Well, Tom, thanks for checking in with us and I really appreciate sure. it and uh, You're pre- welcome. appreciate your insight on this.
4: Sure. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Tom. Bye. Champaign City Councilman Tom Bruno, practicing attorney Tom Bruno. He and Deb Finan in the Supreme Court front row when the ruling came down you're about to hear about from CBS here in a few minutes at the top of the hour so very very interesting 3569397 is the phone number text us castle heating and cooling text line 3515357 you can email us talk at WDWS.com. coming up uh, we'll continue this discussion we uh, talked with the folks from the Little League, George Hyde and Dave Dupree will have that broadcast for you tonight at 6, of course, after uh, Sports Talk. Coming up tomorrow, Greg uh, Abbott, MedCAD director, he retires on Friday. We'll visit with him. We've got Flashback Friday, 10 a.m. on Friday to close out the month of June. All right, the news is next. You'll hear more from CBS on the Supreme Court on WDWS. Champaign-Urbana, the news is next.
0: It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397, email talk at WDWS.com, or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. And we're back on Penny for Your Thoughts, News Talk
1: 1400, DWS. We've had a busy morning today, as we thought we might. Uh, Big news from the Supreme Court, 5-4 decision. Uh, There's a lot of reaction to it, uh, but the 5-4 decision, basically the Supreme Court says government workers can't be forced to contribute to labor unions that represent them in collective bargaining, dealing a serious financial blow to organized labor. The uh, justices uh, scrapping a 41-year-old decision that allowed states to require the public employees pay some fees to unions to represent them even if the workers choose not to join. We've been talking about that today, about immigration. We've had open line time. Going to have some more here coming up in a moment. Kelly Estes is going to join us from Crop Sciences over at the University of Illinois. We'll talk about pests here in a moment. Diane Marlin, the Urbana mayor, she's out in Washington, D.C. How are you, Diane?
10: Well, I'm recovering from a pretty exciting day yesterday.
1: Yeah, how about that? Uh, you didn't make it over to the Supreme Court like Deb Finan did, huh?
10: No, and she was there to hear this Janice decision coming yeah. down.
1: Yeah, and I'll uh, I'll ask you about that in a moment, just in general. But uh, last night you were, I guess you were with the governor, right? You met. Uh, I was told yeah. at a coffee yeah. shop.
10: Well, we were out here in Washington with Champaign County First, which is the annual trip to um, lobby for infrastructure projects, and we added um, mapping the Muhammad Aquifer this year to the list. And so we met, uh, so this, we had um, representatives from Chamber of Commerce, Economic Development Corporation, two mayors of Champaign and Urbana, two village presidents of Savoy and Muhammad, um, Plus some private private industry, so there was a group of about twenty of us representing Champaign County all together at the same time that the we became aware of the governor's comments. And the governor happened to be in Washington D.C. for the Janus decision.
1: Yeah, so, so yes, we so... Met,
10: he he uh, he met at our hotel in the um, coffee shop after hearing the um, strong. Concerns expressed by both people back in Champaign County and by our group.
1: Yeah, it was kind of a strange statement that he made. I mean, I guess this was the last week on the radio, right, in Chicago?
10: I think it was Friday. It yeah. was on WGN. It was live. Um, it was inexplicable
7: in my mind,
10: and um, uh, he, uh, he met with us. He sort of apologized. He said his words were taken out of context, um, although it's hard to take something out of context when you're on the air live, but um, he he did apologize um, of sorts, and he we expressed concern about the uh, Discovery Partners Institute. He assured us that it wouldn't re- result in loss of jobs to the community. Um, he assured us that part of the funding that was just passed in the legislature, the $500 million would stay at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign um he also expressed strong support for high-speed rail and a number of other things so we'll see
1: diane marlin with us here for a couple of minutes mayor of urbana she's in washington dc deb finan's out there we talked to tom bruno a couple of minutes as well about uh, the governor and and his apology but uh yeah it was kind of strange diane because i mean the, if anybody's doing well in the state it's champagne and urbana together right
10: and if you saw the statement, we, we, as a group, we decided to write a statement and that was led by the, um, Carly McCory of the economic, she's the incoming director of the Economic Development Corporation and Bruce Knight from Champaign with assistance from his staff. And, you know, we, we are, we are bright lights in the state of Illinois in terms of growth and tech development and support of entrepreneurs and, um, it, it was, Like I said, I thought it was just inexplicable that he would say things like, you know, you can't retain a workforce of more than six people. That's just an insult to the many, many businesses and employees
1: that have committed
10: to Champaign County.
1: Before I let you go, Mayor, Uh, Diane Marlin with us here from Urbana. I know it just came down, but the Janus decision, does that affect you as the mayor of a moderate-sized city when it comes to government employees, or is it too early to tell?
10: Well, I I really can't comment on it at this point since it just happened, but we do have our employees are, you know, actually is one of our three bargaining units in the city of Urbana, so I'm sure there will be an impact. I just don't know exactly what that will be
1: yet at this point. It's too early. It's only uh, less than an hour old, so (laughs) we'll uh, we'll talk about that some other time. But, Diane, thanks for coming on with us and have a safe trip. What do you got planned today?
10: Uh, More meetings. We're meeting with the U.S. Chamber of Commerce now. We've got meetings. Department of Transportation in the afternoon and some natural resources and um, another full afternoon of meetings.
1: All right. Thank you, Diane, for coming on.
10: Thank you. Appreciate it.
1: Diane Marlin, Mayor of Urbana. We'll take a quick break. Kelly Estes joins us next. Get rid of those Japanese beetles, shall we, after this? Ryan Barnhart, back on Penny for your thoughts. A champagne man who admitted to strangling his mother to death has been given a 55-year prison term. Michael Kaiser will have more on that at the bottom of the hour. Someone was asking, what did the governor say? The governor apologized to Champaign County business and civic leaders for comments he made about the home of the state's flagship research university. His assertion that Champaign-Urbana has no convenient transportation, not much of a workforce. He mentioned the number six. Uh, To retain top technology firms touched a nerve in this tech-heavy community, and you can read all about it in the News Gazette, but uh, he uh, clarified his marks. He says the words were taken out of context, all of that. Okay. Uh, And also, uh, Bill says unions were just bankrolling Democratic candidates that were giving big contracts to unions in return. Where has that gotten the state of Illinois? That's from Bill. All right, Kelly Estes is waiting patiently here. How are you? I'm good. Good. Over at Crop Sciences at the U of I.
11: I'm actually at the Illinois Natural History Survey.
1: Oh, But all
11: on campus, and I do a lot of uh, work with Department of Crop Sciences. Okay. It's all merged together, (laughs) right? The
1: College of Aces? Sort of, yeah. Yeah.
11: We fall underneath the Prairie Research Institute, and Mm -hmm. we do a lot of collaborative work together.
1: And you graduated from the U of I?
11: I'm a U of I grad.
1: Yeah? Pretty proud of that? I am. Yeah? Yeah. And what did you major in?
11: I was a crop science major, Mm -hmm. and so we've had that tradition here.
1: Now, the chancellor, is that's what his Mm -hmm. expertise is, right? Pretty much? Yeah. Yeah. Chancellor Jones? Yeah, Yeah. so uh, Kelly S is with us from the University of Illinois. We brought you on because the crops are going good. It seems like
11: yeah. After Mm -hmm. a a slow start, things are really starting to pick up, and we're getting lots of rain. Everything's Mm -hmm. growing like crazy, and you know, Mm -hmm. in my job, the insects are going like crazy too. So I guess it's good for business all (laughs) around.
1: (laughs) So what do you what do you uh, what do you do? I guess give me a couple of things that you're you're involved with. You do some writing. You do some broadcast. uh, yeah
11: so my official title is the state um, agricultural survey coordinator and I work with our Illinois Department of Ag and USDA and I coordinate invasive species surveys around the state so things that are not known to occur here or just maybe getting started but then I also do a lot of agricultural pest survey work with the Department of Crop Sciences and so a lot of that tends to merge together
1: Mm -hmm. and you do some uh, I know you've Written some with Farm Bureau, different magazines along the way?
11: Yeah, we work with a lot of uh, industry partners with Farm Bureau, Prairie Farmer, Corn and Soybean Digest. We also do try to do a lot with University of Illinois Extension through their Home Yarn Garden newsletter, their Illinois Fruit and Vegetable newsletter, mm-hmm. um, all those kinds of things mm-hmm. as well.
1: Kelly S is with us from over at the University of Illinois. So Japanese beetles, they're here? They're here. They're all in your backyard, <laughs> I saw in a tweet, right? They
11: are. Um we have a our garden, it, well, was heavily infested, but we, we took care of that the other night. But um, the thing with Japanese beetles is that farmers hate them, homeowners hate them, the community in general hates them. So it's a universally hated pest.
1: Well, it's there in the cornfield or whatever, and then it'll, I mean, the, a lot of people have their gardens right next, if they're out in the country, it's right near the farm field. So
11: It is a, a Japanese beetle, it um, has a very wide host range, and so it's... Um, aggregates on those host plants and anything around those plants tends to get fed upon. Yeah. So. Are
1: they better or worse this year? than?
11: That's yet to be determined. We yeah. generally see populations go up and down um, in different areas of the state. Western Illinois was inundated with them last year. Some of the biggest populations I'd ever seen, but... You know, we're hearing about big populations back in western Illinois, southwest Illinois, here in the Champaign-Urbana area. So we're getting ready to do our statewide survey of corn and soybean fields, and that'll Mm -hmm. give us an indication of maybe how things are comparing to years past.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Does the weather play any factor? It's been really wet here.
11: It has been really wet, and it's also been really warm. And so insect development is um, temperature-driven, so the warmer it is, the faster they grow up until a certain point. As we get towards the end of the week here, we're talking high 90s, you know, uh, heat indexes of 100. So when you reach a certain point, they just kind of stable out. But, you know, uh, we're seeing things a little bit earlier this year than what we have in the past.
1: Mm -hmm. Kelly S. is with us from the uh, University of Illinois, does a lot of research. When you say you're going to go out and survey, Mm -hmm. what what does that involve? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) a lot of people? It does. Mm -hmm.
11: It involves a team of... uh, College students that I have, they're all great. I have six of them this year. And so we'll split up and we cover about 50 counties across the state. And um, you spend the day driving, and we have selected counties where we pick a highway down the center and you stop and you survey corn and soybeans. You go X number of miles, stop, go again. So we have no uh, knowledge of the type of uh, crop or trait maybe that's planted in that cornfield or. Has it been sprayed? Has it been not? So it's completely random. Mm -hmm.
1: So when someone's out there with a clipboard, or do they do it all in their uh, iPhone now or whatever?
11: (laughs) We do have clipboards, um, (laughs) a lot of sweep nets, a lot of baggies, a lot of looking at corn and soybeans in this line of work.
1: So they get all of that and what do they do with it? They bring it back somewhere?
11: We bring it back to our lab and we will go through it and identify all the insects that were found and then we bring all that information together and You'll see that um, later this summer at the University of Illinois Agronomy Day. You'll also see it in newsletters and uh, news articles here later this fall looking at the pest pressure that we saw this year, and mm-hmm. hopefully that will help us predict maybe what's going to happen in 2019.
1: Farmers know these things, but what's what's the common – we've mentioned Japanese beetle – what's common pests that when you go out and survey, what do you find well, year the, after year?
11: Uh, the big ones that we're looking for are uh, western corn rootworms. It's one of the biggest corn pests we have in the state. but um, we'll be looking for lots of different things, grasshoppers, stink bugs, um, grape callaspis, which is something that um, doesn't generally do a lot of injury, but we're seeing bigger populations over the last couple of years, um, and we'll look for invasives like brown marmorated stink bug, and um, we get a lot of um, house calls about that, because much like multicolored Asian lady beetle, during the off-crop season or fall and winter, they're nuisance pests, And but. Mm-hmm. We're watching them for their movement into agricultural crops, gardens, orchards, vineyards, and things like that.
1: So if there's pests that are moving in from wherever, Missouri mm-hmm. or California, I mean, can you track those as they work their way across the country? Or
11: We do. Um, the CAPS program, which is what I coordinate, is um, nationwide. We have one in every state. We work collectively with the Departments of Agriculture and USDA in every state, and um, we survey Collectively across the nation for more than, I think, 600 pests. All that goes into a database where we're looking at where things are. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a team of scientists out in Raleigh that provide us with risk maps based on um, their biology and weather and all mm-hmm. sorts of stuff. And it all comes together and they help predict how things might move or even become established. Yeah,
1: so what's is anything scary on the horizon, Our biggest, <laughs>
11: Our <laughs> biggest one that we're looking at right now is called spotted lanternfly. And it's uh, out east, um, and it's a, a leafhopper. Very beautiful, actually, but um, it feeds on lots of different kinds of plants. It's a hitchhiker; can move on firewood, on even like if we would bring stone or pallets as they move across country. But um, yeah, affects vineyards, hops, uh, orchards. Has potential for backyard gardens, but if people remember soybean aphids from years past aphids produce this honeydew which mm-hmm. is like a sugary secretion and we're getting reports out east of the populations being so high that like honeydew is dripping from trees really so yeah, yeah.
1: wow <laughs> so how much a typical pest invasive pest i mean do, do they cut down yields by a certain percentage every year or how does that work i mean you-
11: um Unfortunately, sometimes it's really hard to tell. Once Mm -hmm. an invasive has been here for a while, they have a very good understanding of, well, yeah, we're decreasing yield by 15%, or this particular pest, like emerald ash borer, is killing trees, so it's wiping out the ash population, but then it's also decreasing home values due to loss of trees, or um, there's aesthetic values, or just, there's so many things that invasive pests can affect that it's hard to put uh, a money value on and it some all the just time.
1: Re- some just return all the time though. I mean, there was the ones you see all the time, like the Japanese beetles, for instance. It is yeah. so
11: Japanese beetles not native, but it's basically established um, mm-hmm. here in Illinois. And uh, not very many people know this, but it's not established out west. Mm-hmm. So there's actually um, programs um, through USDA that are at airports, and it's called a harmonization plan. Airplanes are inspected and cleaned at times, if they're moving west, to make sure that we're not taking Japanese beetles and introducing them um, to California.
1: Is that why they say on if you go international, they have you fill out a a food uh, <laughs> customs report or something that says you're not bringing exactly fruit it. And, and, and other vegetables into the country? Is that why they do that?
11: Yeah, Customs and Border Protection um, spend a lot of time looking at what people are bringing into this country because you have those unintentional hitchhikers. You can have mites and produce or even little thrips or all sorts of things mm. that are just hiding in things and coming along for the ride.
1: Well, this is pretty uh, pretty interesting work you're doing day to day. I would assume Illinois being in the middle of the heart <laughs> of the Corn Belt here, this is kind of where a lot of this merges. A lot of the study being done at the U of I would, would have national impact, I would think.
11: It really is. People don't think of Illinois being a high risk for invasive species because... You may think of things like Florida, um, surrounded by water on three sides, but, and you know, we're surrounded by cornfields. You couldn't possibly be dealing with that, but we're actually, I think, ranked fifth in the U.S. for highest risk of invasive pest introduction. You know, we have O'Hare, we have thousands of, mi- of miles of highways, a lot of um, shipments from Asia come in by boat to Long Beach, mm-hmm. they're unloaded onto rails, and those rails are brought straight to Chicago. Hmm. So um, we're kind of ri- really at an epicenter of yeah. transportation and pathways.
1: Yeah. So how do you get rid of the beetles? <laughs> is that a long story? <laughs> Due
11: diligence. <laughs> 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 My kids like to help. Um, yeah. They started picking them. we are like, you know, there's no possible way you can ever keep up with these. So yeah. you know, uh, picking is always an option if you're dealing for things like rose bushes or small patches. Yeah. There's some organics um, that you can use. A lot of people, if you can pick and drop into warm, soapy water, if you're dealing with larger populations, and in our instance, our grapes as well as our um, raspberries, um, there's things like seven and other oh, uh, insecticides you it. can use. Yeah,
1: Can't do much, though, so in the cornfield. I mean, it's too big, right? It is. Um,
11: <laughs> you'll see um, farmers um, will look at rows, and so... Um, Sometimes insect insect infestations will move from the outside in, and so um, they'll spray just the outer su- um, parts of the cornfield. Mm-hmm. Other times, if they're dealing with fungicides for potential uh, corn diseases, they'll also add insecticides in, and you'll see airplanes flying, and more than likely they're battling disease right. and insect.
1: Kelly S. has been with us today. Uh, people, if they find stuff or they have questions, they do, what? who should they call? They just call... Uh University or? Yeah, we always, you
11: you can always call your local extension office. They have uh, lots of people there that can help. If things they can't answer, they do get passed along to us. I get things via Twitter and our (laughs) Illinois Pest Survey Facebook page and email all the time too. So Um, there's also the University of Illinois Plant Clinic um, where you can take plant samples and things like that.
1: Yeah. Kelly, thanks for coming by for a few minutes. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, very good. We have Michael Kaiser with the news coming up. Let's take a quick, maybe one-minute break, get him set, and then we'll come back and do it next. Hi, I'm Troy Lands from Lands Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing.
9: Lands is your local Mitsubishi electric diamond dealer. Our technicians are experts at solving...
0: A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart continues on News Talk 1400 WDWS.
1: Any hey, for your thoughts, Talk 1400, DWS, 1036 and 73 degrees here in downtown Champaign. Cloudy out there at the moment and breezy. We've had open line time today. We've talked a little bit about the uh, Kiwanis Little League championship uh, game tonight, third place and uh, championship games. You can hear those on the radio tonight here on DWS. 20 years under the lights at Zahn, they'll have free food, Meyer Capels out there um, grilling and Providing food. If you uh, played in the last 20 years, you've been to get out there. They'll get you. Uh, they'll recognize you a little bit. I think with a sticker. Jim Shepard does the PA out there for those uh, games tonight. So uh, anyway, get out there and uh, support the young folks as they play. Uh, a couple of things we've been talking about: the Supreme Court ruling. We heard from Tom Bruno. He was there with Deb Finan, the mayor of Champaign. Of course, Tom an Urbana attorney, but also a Champagne city councilman on the ruling by the Supreme Court, five four ruling government workers can't be forced to contribute to labor unions that represent them in collective bargaining. Also, the governor, uh, on an interview last week, I guess, uh, late last week on WGN, some people may be just tuning in saying, well, what did he say? The tragedy for us in Illinois is, he says, the U of I is here, one of the great research universities in the world. Their students have started some of the great companies in the world. He mentioned a few. And he said there are several reasons, but part of the reason is Champaign-Urbana is wonderful, but it's very hard to keep a company of more than six people there. There's no convenient transportation. Not much of a workforce. It's very hard. Uh, what can we uh, we can start some companies there? But what we need to do is help the U of I expand in Chicago, Rockford, and Peoria, uh, and have that have large economic systems and great companies already. W C I A WCIA reporter questioned the comments online. Twitter was often running. Many tweets pointed out that large tech companies with hundreds of employees have been operating in Champaign Urbana for uh, years now, including Wolfram Research and others, the Research Park and so forth. So anyway, that's what all the hubbub was about. And uh, we contacted a couple of the mayors. Deb Finan couldn't come on with us. Tom Bruno could, city councilman. And then Diane Marlin also checked in with us, the mayor of Urbana. So that's kind of what all that was about. Uh, Phone lines are open here. If you have some comments on any or all of this, uh, feel free to uh, jump on with us, either on the text line, the email. Talk at WDWS. Text line is three five one five three five seven, or you can call us 3569397. Busey says Internet Safety Month is this month as the month of June winds down, and uh, in recognition, they highlight some ideas to uh, help consumers protect themselves from online fraud. Keep your computers and mobile devices up to date. Set strong passwords. Watch out for those phishing scams with a PH. Keep personal information personal. Um uh, it's easy to, you know, just use the same password all the time. I guess it's easy to remember, but uh, that probably could get you in trouble. But uh, try to keep those uh, unique and different. Secure your Internet connection with a password. Shop safely. Read the site's privacy policies. And with constant changes in technology, there's always new ways for risk. The best way to protect yourself is to be proactive. Check out the Information Security Center, Busey.com, or stop by any of the convenient locations to uh, get information, three five six nine three nine seven. The uh, Dow this morning is up. You said two hundred and twenty-five. All right, so they're rolling again. Uh, Ten forty. Brian. Good morning.
12: Good morning, Brian.
1: How are you, sir?
12: Oh, I'm uh, fat and sassy. Good. Anyway, uh, another five to four decision on the Supreme Court. You know. Uh, if Hillary Clinton was elected president, all of these decisions would have been reversed. You know, and, uh, something's really wrong with our, our government when, uh, we all hang on bated breath for nine people to decide what the country's gonna do. You know, you get some Yahoo judge out west somewhere that, you know, has a ruling on his own personal preferences and then, uh, you know, it gets all jammed up in the court, and then it goes up to the Supreme Court, and you know
1: the
12: the, the picks are highly political these days. You know, and uh, something isn't right about that.
1: Yeah. Well, there's always been, you know, as far as picking the people to be on the court, the politics obviously it's it's the nature of the beast. Um, President Roosevelt tried to get what uh, he tried to what they called pack the court. Yeah, stop the court. Yeah, you know, with, uh, with so there's always been some politics with it, but um, you know the the idea is that they're to rule. You know, things that come before them is this constitutional or not. I mean, that's the the way it was intended. But obviously, um, politics and the <laughs> and I, I don't know how much people actually even paid attention to the Supreme Court in a lot of cases, except mm-hmm. in the media age. I mean, there've been a lot of big decisions. I'm not saying there weren't big ones but we didn't have the media attention focused on who the justices are and who picked them and so forth like we do now.
12: Yeah, it's it's just uh, for nine people to have that much power, I mean, it's, it seems a little skewed. It seems like the power should be back in the people's hands, the legislatures, you know, and uh, to, where, to where the representatives are rather than just nine people, you know bringing the power on down from the mountain, you know, and so let it be ridden, so let it be done type of thing.
1: Yeah. Well, and some people are complaining. I know the New York Times in their editorial, you know, complained and said, "Hey, you know, if um, you know, Obama nominated his man, and I forget his name now, but he was nominated and the Republicans held it up and never, you know, brought it to the to the Senate, and then of course uh, Trump got his chance." So,
12: Mhm. Well, Obama got to pick two of them. So did Minor and uh, Kagan, yep. And they're they're uh, they're uh, very loyal to their side. That's for sure.
1: Yep. All right. Hey, thank you, Brian. Mm-hmm. We're on Penny for your thoughts. Back to the open line segment here. We're with uh, Kurt now. Hey, Kurt. Good morning.
13: Yeah. Good morning, Brian. I have this to say about the five to four court decision. I had worked for the Illinois DOT for 32 years, and I was also a member of the teams. Now, what I don't see in this is that if they don't have to pay fees and still the union has to represent them, to me, that's not fair because it's like this. Why should you do the free service to somebody that does not pay? I mean, here other members are paying, paying their fees for the service to be represented by the union in good faith and that means all, all grievances and all raises, and many other labor issues. And to me, it's simple as that. It's just plain unfair when somebody does not have to pay anything, get something on a free charge, and will not join the union. That yeah. to me, that is totally ridiculous.
1: And you would say that um, you know it's unfair to those who are paying for the service, getting the same service, and the and the other people are getting it for free. Is that what you're saying?
13: That, that's 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 exactly what I'm saying, and of course, uh, so, some of this anti-union propaganda that uh, the Reiner administration is passing around. If it hadn't been for unions, we would have no middle class at all.
1: Well, I would say if it you know if it hadn't been for unions in the early days, people would be working you know twelve sixteen hour days.
13: That that yeah. that is that is correct and. True, there are some non-union concerns, employers that are fair. But again, when they're not fair, this is what helps. This is what really brings unions on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not trying to say that some there are some non-union union jobs in the private sector where the employer is fair and they do have good benefits. But when they don't have good benefits or, or just paying minimum wage or not much above minimum wage. I can see
1: why people want to have unions. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Hey, Kurt, thank you for your thoughts today. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Yep, 1045. We'll take a break. Back with more. Penny for your thoughts. stock: 1400, DWS.
6: Hey, it's Scott Beatty. Join me and Matt Daniels for Sports Talk tonight. We welcome Illinois offensive lineman Nick Allegretti in studio. It's 5 o'clock Sports Talk tonight on DWS. Hey,
1: Penny, for your thoughts, News Talk 1400, DWS. We've had a lot of open line time today. We've had various guests pop in and off. We've had uh, Tom Bruno from the steps of the Supreme Court, Champaign City Councilman, Diane Marlin, Mayor of Urbana, from the remarks the governor made late last week that caused quite a firestorm. We kind of told you about those. Supreme Court with a big ruling today on uh, Janus versus AfSme, That's out of Washington, D.C. Talked about Little League Baseball. Uh, Center field there reminded me about that, of course. You heard the promo for Sports Talk. We'll have uh, coverage, of course, the Little League uh, third-place game championship game tonight out at Zon Park, 20 years under the lights out there. Tomorrow, an open line in the first hour. Then Greg Abbott, who is the Metcad director, has been for several years. He is retiring on Friday. So we'll have him on Thursday, his next-to-last day on the job. We'll visit with him in the second hour. Have an open line time on Friday. May do a quick reminder of the, uh, of course, Ice Cream and Independence coming up on Sunday in the afternoon. And uh, with Dr. Linda Morehouse, may check in with her, get an update uh, on uh, Friday. Uh, And then flashback Friday, 10 a.m., the last uh, hour of the last Friday of the month. Always have a lot of fun with that with you, our listeners. So we'll do that 10 a.m. on Friday, 1054-356-9397. Texas Castle Heating and Cooling Text Line, 3515357. Or you can email us, talk at WDWS.com. Believe it or not, uh, these are some things i found in case you missed it. There is an active NFL player who's also a medical doctor. Kansas City Chiefs guard Laurent Duvernier-Tarduff, don't know if I've said that right, but that's what it looks like, got his medical degree from Canada's McGill University last month. After finishing his classes during the off season, since being drafted by the Chiefs in 2014, he asked the NFL to let him have the letters M D M period D period on the back of his jersey after his name, similar to how some players have junior or senior or the Roman numeral three, like Ed Bond the or whatever, on your jersey, but a Canadian media report says the league has refused his request. And the NFL isn't saying why or even confirming the decision. So he's got a medical degree, he's playing football. You got to let him let him put MD on the back of his jersey, right? They have a lot of uh, stipulations and I understand why. Stipulations on what goes on the back of your jerseys. This is not the XFL where they were putting, uh, you know, remember the old XFL that was came and gone like the wind. They're putting all kinds of strange things on the jersey. They don't want that, and they want some uniformity, and I get that. But, I mean, how many practicing doctors are there in the NFL, right? Got a text in, says the uh, governor stands up for Chicago, the murder capital of the U.S., but puts down Champaign-Urbana. He says it's not fair. That's a text in on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. One other, A couple of other stories you may have missed. Kraft Heinz Company has officially announced they're bringing back Planters' cheese balls and cheese curls again. Cheese-flavored snacks were phased out about 12 years ago, but due to pleas and petitions from fans, they're ready to make a comeback. Planters says the uh, cheese balls and curls will have the same texture, taste, and fluorescent orange color that you get all over your fingers that they did 12 years ago, and they'll also be sold in retro-style canisters like they were over a decade ago. You'll be able to find them online from Amazon and Walmart.com beginning in July. But uh, mark your calendar. The company says they'll only be available for a limited time. So that was I found that interesting. And you might think a hot day like we've had might be a good excuse to eat ice cream, but then you'd be overestimating the treat's ability to cool you down. A scientist at the University of Queensland, I guess that's Australia, writes for the conversation that the effect of ice cream's temperature is rapidly outweighed by the heat generated by digesting it. <laughs> now, I don't know about this. He says that he, maybe he's right, but he says he said you should drink small amounts of warm beverages like tea or eat hot, spicy food with chilies. Uh, no, thank you. As these will both make you sweat more and thus cool down. Is that's why spicy foods are popular in warm climates. Okay? now I, I, I'll just stick with ice cream. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, 1058 here at uh, DWS. Those are some of the stories in case you uh, missed them along the way amidst all the other um, big stories that we've covered today. The Supreme Court and its ruling. You've got the uh, governor, and we've had a reaction to that locally. And again, a little weather action last night. No injuries or damage reported last night as a tornado with a track similar to the 2013 Gifford tornado rolled through Champaign County. That was about 845 last night. Moved northeast about 30 miles an hour on a line from near Thomasboro to near Gifford. By 9 o'clock, the storm had weakened. If you're on Facebook or have a chance to check out the video, you might take a look at it. Weather Service will be out today. They are doing a damage assessment, but it said preliminary reports indicated some trees and outbuildings were damaged. Gifford itself only got a little bit of rain, according to the fire chief there. So, that uh, story from last night yeah, it was really, really dark last night uh, if you were out and about. And, uh, boy, in some places it was so dark it's like it's going to rain any second, and sometimes it did, and sometimes it did not. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the show. Thanks to Tom Bruno, to Diane Marlin, to Kelly Estes, to uh, George Wilhite, uh, and our guests, of course, from the uh, Little League, the Kiwanis Little League uh, Championship Games, third-place games, coming up tonight. Uh, We appreciate all of our guests uh, being with us today, Uh, David Dupree as well. Thanks to you for being with us, all your phone calls, emails, and texts. We really appreciate that. And uh, we hope you'll join us again uh, tomorrow on Penny for Your Thoughts. Greg Abbott is going to join us. Retiring from Metcalf. And we'll have an open line at 9 a.m. Friday, 10 a.m. Flashback Friday. Enjoy your Wednesday. WDWS Champagne.